Well, that's encouraging words for some of us who can hardly get up the stairs. <laughs> and when you get halfway up, you stop and you say, am I on going up or am I going down? Excuse me, I, I need to take this. Hello? I think they know that. Oh, that's my job is to tell them. I understand, Lord. Lord, you told me that all week. You even told my wife, and she told me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for calling. Oh, the reason you called, yes. To let them know that you're here. And you want them to look around and see if they can find you. Where are you, Lord? Are you here? We'll find you. We'll find you. Seek and you shall find. Thank you, Lord. Bye-bye. Boy, that's never happened before. I understand we have some new babies in the congregation today. Is that right? I was told there were new babies here. If you're here, wave your pampers or something. Uh -oh. All right. There you go. That cotton picking thing up there is going to have a hard time following me for a while. We have people watching and listening from all over the world. Uh, I have friends from all over the world who they don't talk to me, they talk to my wife. But they're watching from all over the world. And you folks who are down in the basement, you might as well get your bony bottom on, on up here because this is where the action is. And all you're doing is looking at a screen down there. Don't we have a good crowd today? It looks like, uh, it looks like things are happening. I want to, I want to, if you allow me, I want to take the time. And I, I know it's special because, you know, every preacher is told in, directly or indirectly to be out by 12 and it ain't even 1030 yet. So I've got plenty of time. <laughs> Show me your hands. Show me your hands. All right, I'm going to teach you something. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I don't know a lot of sign language, and I don't even know that this is correct, but somebody made it up, it works. So the sign language for Jesus is to touch the nail prints in his hand. This is Jesus. Can you all say that? Jesus. Your hands are great. Your voice is not too loud. Jesus. All right, now make a bird's nest with your left hand. And a little pucker right there on your right. And then you put the pucker in the bird's nest. All right, this is Jesus in, next part's easy, me. All right, let's try that. Jesus in me. Now we're going to sing that three or four times. And uh, the hard part comes at the end. We're going to say, Jesus in me loves you. And when we get to the you, you know, you can't hug and slobber all that all over everybody, but you can, you can elbow and bump and this, that, and the other, and you can wave, but you can point to somebody. You can say, Jesus in me loves you. Okay? You got that? So it's Jesus in me loves now hold the love just a second. Let me see. Now most of you got it right. A few of you got it wrong. This is puppy love. It's not puppy love. God's love is not puppy love. God's love is strong love. Iron-fisted love. All right, let's try it. Jesus in me. Jesus in me. Jesus in me. In me, Jesus in me loves you. All right, y'all did good. 
Why are you laughing? It's all right to be a nut if you're screwed on the right bolt. Don't ever forget it. You know, when the nut screwed on the bolt, the heart of the nut is the bolt, and the bolt represents Jesus. I have a ch- love to do children's messages. Lord have mercy, I love to do children's messages because they're for the adults. You just use the children to get to the adults. And when you, when you, when, and the, the nut is you, and the, the more ways than one, the, the, the threaded part of the bolt is, is Jesus. And when you let your life revolve around Jesus, you get closer to the head of the bolt, and that's God. And if you've got a lock washer in there, that's the Holy Spirit. You're locked down tight. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, I thought it was anyway. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 2. Did I cover everything, Josh? So far. Everything we're getting out at 12. John chapter 2, and it is our custom to stand during the reading of his word. John chapter 2. <clears throat> I looked up on the screen and I thought, wow, the Pastor, our pastor's grown hair. This is my favorite narrative in the Bible. I love stories. I love to tell stories. And this is a story. Um, and, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. Remember, remember Galilee was redneck country in those days. If you were from Galilee, you couldn't be a somebody. You drove an old broken down pickup truck, was rusted out, and you, you know, you just, you just weren't going far. But they were in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. They're having a wedding. It was on Tuesday, by the way. Martha and I were in, in Israel in the 80s, wasn't it, Martha? 1780s, 1880s, one of those years. Uh, we happened to be in Galilee on Tuesday and we saw a wedding. And uh, when I inquired about it, they said, yes, it's from John 2. We always have our weddings on Tuesday. I always get married on Tuesday. Verse 3, and when, <clears throat> and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, they don't have any. Now that's important. My focus is going to be on verse 3. <clears throat> Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto his servants, Whatsoever is saying to you to do, do it. And there was set before them six water pots of stone about the manner of the purifying of Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. That's about 20 gallons, pretty heavy. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. It's important. The brim part is important. Say brim. 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 Brim's at the top, not the bottom. Fill them to the brim. And he said unto them, I can hardly see my words. Hang with me. Draw out now and give it to the governor of the feast, and and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine, and you know whence it was come, the servant said, <clears throat> the servants which drew the water knew, and the governor of the feast called, called the bridegroom. And he said unto them, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men were well drunk, they that which is, they that which is worse, they that are... But you have kept the good wine until now. And verse 11 says, This is the beginning of miracles which Jesus, the, miracle, the beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. And Mary Jo had it on the screen in the back for me so I could see it. Uh, you may be seated. 
Now, I gave you these little sheets because they're review sheets. I've preached on this before everywhere I've ever been, and I think I've preached on it here. But all of you all have bad, bad memories. You can barely remember what the preacher preached on last Sunday, let alone what I preached a long time ago. But I have put these uh, eight or six or seven points in here just to remind you of some things that, that are highlighted or stand out in a message like this. First one is, I'll run through these as quickly as I can. And by the way, can you hear me on the back row? You can. You can hear me on the back row. You can over here. How about over here? Can you hear me on the back row? Yeah, okay. The first thing, it's been a long time. Been a long time. The length of time is important in what I have to say to you today. For the people of God, it had been 400 years since they'd seen a miracle. 400 years. That's 10 generations. Later on, I'll ask you to remember or to think about what we've lost in just one. They haven't seen God move in a way that they could not explain with their carnal reasoning of some type in 400 years. Number two. Silence is golden, but when we're silent, we say less. Somebody says it's, it's better to let people think you're stupid than it is to open your mouth and remove all doubt. But Jesus doesn't say a word. He doesn't have to call you on the cell phone. He doesn't even have to preach to you through the preacher. Because, you see, we as believers, we as New Testament believers, we have direct access. Isn't that good? We don't have to go through a, a pastor or a prophet or a priest. We don't have to go to somebody and, and say, Hey, Leroy, what's God's will for my life? The Bible says, if you're willing to do God's will, He'll reveal it to you. So I would assume... That the converse of that is true, that it, if you're not willing to do God's will, He's not going to show you His will for your life until you come to the point that you are willing to do His will. Meanwhile, you just go to church and talk to Leroy. And Leroy ain't got a clue either. If your name's Leroy, I apologize. But if it is, wake up. Number three. Incomplete obedience is complete disobedience. You all have heard me say that many times. He told them to fill the pots and they fill them to the brim. I often wonder how they carried 20 gallons of water without spilling a lot of it if it's filled to the brim. God don't lose a drop. You're all precious to Him because He's going to do something to that water. And He'll do something in your life today if you'll let Him. You won't, you won't run down the side and get, and get soaked up in the sand. Nobody's going to step on you because you, you're dehydrated and you're gone. But it takes complete obedience. And that's part of what we're talking about today. It's not just partial obedience, but complete, complete obedience. Because anything else is complete disobedience. Y'all got that? All right, let's review. This is yes. This is no. Y'all got that? Yeah. All right. Incomplete obedience is complete disobedience. Number four. This was beginning, the beginning of miracles, but it wasn't the end. This was the beginning of his, of his, uh, his public ministry. Uh, they were in Galilee. They were in, no, they were in nobody land. They were over in rugby, where I live. Excuse me, rugby folks. But look at us. We're miracles. We're miracles. There was a time in my life I didn't care about God. I mean, I knew who He was. You've heard me say I, I grew up a Quaker, I married a Baptist, but then I became a Christian. 
One night I walked down the aisle in Raleigh, North Carolina and stood in an altar and with tears running down my eyes and said, God, forgive me for my sin. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I've run out. God, will you save me? And guess what he did? Another miracle. He'll do that for you today if you'll let him. If you'll just give him your life, give him your heart, give him your sin, he'll wash it all away. That's what will be lost in the sand. That's what will be lost on the cross. He, he died for every one of us, you and me. Number five. He told him to bring him water. Now I'm going to dwell in a minute on something I've never heard before in my life. Period. And I, I still have never heard it. It was just revealed to me. You want to know what it is? Don't get up and leave. Just stay here. It'll give you something to think about. He told them to bring water. Mary said what they want is wine. What they want is the what they want is the good stuff. You know, three points in a poem out by ten to twelve. Make me feel good. So when I sin I don't think about feeling bad. Martha, I saved this for today. I yelled at my wife this week. Sorry. Y'all hear me? I've already told her I'm sorry, but I yelled at her this week. I'm sorry. Because I know you can't, if it don't work at home, you can't export it. Now I can't see. Bring me what you have, and I'll give you what you need. What do you need in your life? All you got to do is bring him what you have. You say, I don't have anything. That's good enough. Bring him, your, bring him your nothing, and he'll give you everything. That's a good trade. Bring me what you have, and I'll give you what you need. What does water make possible? Well, it makes possible life. And uh, I want to submit to you that in today's message, life, uh, water is symbolic of not just of life, but of grace. I want you to think about grace. Say grace. 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 Say it again. Grace. grace. All right. What was that word? Grace. grace. It's unmerited favor. It, it's, it's, it's God doing something for you that you don't deserve. Uh, it's like when we, the Bible talks us about it's being redeemed. Uh, when you're redeemed, uh, the word for redeemed is agorazo. That's, that's academic. It's, it's irrelevant until I tell you the rest of the story. But the biblical word for redeemed is ex agorago. That means, that means that you become a bondservant. A bondservant can't back out. A servant can be a servant for seven years, and at the end of seven years, you can go to your master and say, I've decided I don't want to be a servant anymore, and he'll give you 20 bucks, and you go to Walmart and do whatever you want to do. But if you want to become a bondservant, they put a hole in your ear. And I don't mean for the men to wear ding-a-lings in their ears. Thank you. They put, a, they put a all against your ear and you're marked for life. You're forever a bondservant of that person. That's what it means to be redeemed. Doesn't mean you're redeemed on Sunday and you're not on Tuesday. But grace makes all that possible. Redeemed means going into the marketplace and looking around. Y'all ever been to a, anybody besides me, my wife, ever been to a flea market? You lying bunch of not raising hands. <laughs> and you found something and you bought it and you took it home and you thought, why in the world did I buy that? 
redeemed means to go into the marketplace and see something that's worthless and you buy it because you love it and you want it. That's what he did for you and me. That's what he did for me and Josh. He went into the marketplace of the world and he saw us in our miserable condition and he said, Yuck. But I can turn that yuck into yow by my blood. I don't care who you are. God can fix your life. He can redeem you. He can buy you back and you'll be a brand new person. Look, I, the night before I got married, me and my cousin, we went frog gigging half the night the night before I got married. Can you believe that? People say, why in the world did you do that? And I said, well, I knew my wife wouldn't go on our wedding night. Some of you young people don't even know what frog gigging is. You old people say amen. Amen, there you go. You don't know what five-cent Coca-Colas are either. Bring me what you have and I'll give you what you need. You've got to move on. Does water make this possible? I said that water is life and it represents grace. Number seven, you can live without wine, but you've got to have water. There's no other way but by grace. There's no other way but by God's grace. And one thing I didn't have on the list is that the real miracle is that he takes... He takes, you know, chemically, water is tasteless. Pure water is tasteless. Y'all say tasteless. Pure water is tasteless, even though you cannot survive without it. Thank you. I think I have a drink. When you get old, you spill half of it, didn't you? The miracle is, he took, he took the tasteless, plain Water and he turned it into the sweet new wine of the gospel. He took the tasteless water and he turned it into the sweet new wine of the gospel. All right, how are we doing? Quarter to twelve. I need to blow my nose. Y'all excuse me. Somebody said we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we, we need to be constantly, continuously filled because we leak. And I, I think I leaked through my nose. I want to say thanks to you all for being here. We had so many responses to the knowledge that I was preaching today. And, and we got a good crowd in here today. Y'all must not have known who was preaching but I want to thank Pastor Steve for asking me to fill in. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I hate it when people say I want to tell you the truth like that, like, you know, most of the time they tell you a lie, but I want to tell you the truth. Several weeks ago, God revealed to me, now I have the unmitigated, hard-crusted gall to tell you God spoke to me. He spoke to me. He's got my phone number. He spoke to me and he gave me a message. And I, I began to try to formulate that message. And it was so much I couldn't, I couldn't you know, I couldn't contain it. And I, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it and, and thinking about thinking about it and, and working on it. And my wife knew that I was, something was going on. And, and uh, I started praying. I said, Lord, it, it's been... 14 months since I preached anywhere. When you got to preaching habit, 14 months is a long time to be dry. I can't see and I can't hear, but I can talk. Whether I say anything or not, that's up to you to decide, but I can talk. And it was shortly after that that Pastor Steve called me and answered my prayer. He asked me if I would fill in the pulpit for him. I know that my being here today is, is divine providence. 
We spoke of providence in our prayer time earlier this morning. Providence means that, that, that among other things, that God's providence is that that's the way God planned it, that's the way He warned it, and that's the way it happened, no, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Why would God call a person like me to preach? I don't know. Basically, I'm a shy person. Now, laughed. But thank you for being here and out there and all of you. But in our time remaining today, I want to talk to you about water and grace and running out. That's our problem is, is that we're running out. Now, personally, I know about running out. So glad for a big pulpit as a church I used to serve the pulpit was about like this. I didn't have room for a sleeping pill. I'm old. And if you're not old, you're getting old, aren't we, Larry? You see, you're always getting old, but there comes a point where you are old. The only cure for old age is to die young. Well, that ain't funny. <laughs> but we laugh, don't we? I, uh, I've already told you I can't see and I can't hear. Well, I do have a valid driver's license, brother. By the way, that license examiner, he needs to take a tranquilizer. I think I made him mad. I got his goat. I don't know his name, but I think he needs to apologize to his wife, too. <laughs> I hope he's not here today. Well, maybe I hope he is. I don't know. Uh, I, I have four years left on my life insurance. If I don't die in four years, Martha's going to be sitting out there after service holding one of my old wore-out cowboy hats, taking up collection to bury me. In four years, I won't have any life insurance. In a few years, I'll be 90. Then I'll be 100. But I'll be dead before then. I'm just saying I'm running out. You understand me when I say I'm running out? And you are too. Life's about running out. Comes a time when you're looking for the... You're either looking for the undertaker or the upper taker. And I love the redeeming qualities of this story from John chapter 2, my favorite narrative. My favorite verse in the Bible, by the way, is Romans 12, 21. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I've already told you. It's been ten, ten generations since a miracle. All they lived under was the law. The law was bondage. It was, it was a religious, political system, and it ruled their lives. Religion can rule your life. I had a man come to my house one time the day before a funeral to find out what version of the Bible I was going to use at the funeral because if I was going to use any other version than what, than what he uh, uh, said was okay, I was not welcome to do that funeral. Where I come from, that's stupid. And it's hard to fix stupid. Religion will ruin you. Religion will make you so narrow-minded you're empty-headed. 
It'd been ten generations for them. Look at what we've lost in one. Look at what we've lost in our lifetime. Anybody remember one cent stamp besides me and Martha? By the way, she's a little older than I am. That's why she's smarter. You remember one cent stamp and three cent stamps, and then they went to four dollars or something like that. I, I bought a I bought a milkshake this week, and a woman said six dollars and seventeen cents, and I thought I was going to faint. A milkshake. <laughs> they were a quarter when I was a kid. You could get a banana split for thirty cents. It had a banana in it. Look at what we've lost. In our lifetime. What he did and what he does offers beyond all of our ability to comprehend. I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk and make yellow butter and red meat and never shoot the bull. I don't understand how in the context of godly matrimony two people, husband and wife, can come together and make a baby. I mean, I know the, I know the physiology of it, but that's miraculous. I want to ask you this morning how full are you and what are you full of? The Trinity has no beginning and no end. There's no end to what God can do. He's everlasting. And no, he's eternal, we're everlasting. Eternal has no beginning and no end. Everlasting has a beginning and no end. You're everlasting. You had a beginning, you have no end. All right, now let's look at verse 3 for just a minute. What time is it? El is still. I won't be long, I promise. Heard that before, hadn't you? Y'all still with me? All right. I submit to you that at this wedding that they had two problems. Not only did they have not, did not have, well, we don't know that. We think that. I've always been taught that. I was taught this in seminary. And I sat under, I sat under the seminary when they actually taught you about the things of God. I did very well in seminary. I enjoyed seminary. But whatever it was they had, the Bible says they ran out. I've done some investigation, and what it really says is that they were tired of what they were drinking. The bad stuff. Now we learn we learned from the from the, the head from the uh, the head honcho in the gathering there that day. He said the custom was was to serve good wine first and get everybody drunk, and then take the good stuff away and give them the junk. But he said y'all have done differently, and what the difference was, I am submitting to you that they started out with the junk stuff. And they came to Mary and said, Hey, Mary, what's going on? What is this stuff we're drinking? We want wine. You 
You'll never get what you need from God until you ask, but when you ask, you will receive. What they did was have the bad stuff, and the bad stuff is the law, and the good stuff, the good stuff is the grace of God and Him changing a life. Many years ago, somebody else named Thomas, I think his last name was Jefferson, started out by writing something like this. He said, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for a change. Therefore, ponder in your heart what in your life needs to change. You thought life was the party you thought it was going to be and, and the stuff you've been drinking ain't what it's supposed to be and you're, you're, not, you're not happy. You want wine. You see, when you're running out, Running out reveals to you what's necessary in you from God's point of view, and He has a good view of you. So let's get poetic. Any, many, many, mo. How much further can I go? Let me tell you, says the Lord, how all that's gone can be restored. Till then I'll tell it, I'll tell it with a shout. Your problem, buddy, is you've run out. I'm a poet and didn't know it, make a rhyme every time. You see, whatever we've been partaking not only is not fulfilling, it cannot save us from our sin, and we have plenty of it. I wanted to begin today by reminding you that today 3,000 babies will die from abortion. Now that is the universal term that's accepted across the land, both from the the CDC and other sources and other non-sources, sources that won't give their sources, But the general term, the general number that's used across America, every day, 3,000 babies are aborted every day. 3,000 babies were aborted yesterday. 3,000 babies will be aborted tomorrow. 3,000. 3,000. And you know what the church is doing? Sitting there looking at me. Y'all know who Amos was? He was an Old Testament prophet. He prophesied to the house of of Hazael. He was uh, not very friendly with uh, Jezebel and Ahab. He said, for three transgressions, even four, meaning a numberless amount, I will send a fire. I will send judgment. I will not hold you guiltless because you have ripped open. This is in the book of Amos. You have ripped open the bellies of the women and killed their children. Today we are suffering as a society from a lack of... from immorality and a lack of personal modesty. Personal modesty modesty has become so rare that it's become the norm or immodest, the lack of modesty has become so or modesty has become so rare that it's become the, the norm to just do your own thing personal sexuality now I told you this may be my last sermon
It may be the last chance I ever get to preach here or anywhere. But right's right and wrong is wrong. And this world, this country is on the wrong track. Personal sexuality has been virtually eliminated. God made male and female. They were called ish and ish-ah. That's the Hebrew. Male and female. And if you know how to look at a book with pictures, you know good and well you can't change one into another. And who in their right mind would want to? But if you do, God loves you. And I will not demonstrate against you. I will not persecute you. I will not condemn you other than meet with you and try to persuade you that God has a better way. What used to be right is now wrong and old-fashioned and socially wrong. There's no respect for authority. That man right over there, when he puts that badge, he puts his badge right here. He stops being Kevin. He's a state trooper. What's your language? If you bust out the windows on his car, I'll bust your head open. We have a son who's a police officer. He's seven and a half months from retirement. 30-year retirement. Pray for his safety. This memorial is on here because of Martha's cousin who was killed in the line of duty. Police officer in Winston-Salem. Shot in the head and killed. Still... You'll think about the funeral. It's tough. Could have been Kevin. It's happening every day. Y'all just vote your faith. That's something you can do. Do you know that bad politicians are elected by good people who don't vote? My mom said, well, I just ain't going to get involved. I said, honey, you already involved. You got it from the top of your head to the bottom of your toe. They'll burn your house down quicker than a cat can save me out if you say the wrong thing in the wrong place. And they'll come after you next. If that offends you, I apologize for offending you. I do not apologize for having said it. No respect for authority. Evildoers will be a sign of the last days, the Bible says. I wore my flag today because I stand for the flag and I kneel for the cross. I got guns. You got guns? bunch of them in here. My neighbor said when they come for his guns, he's going to give them the ammo first. <laughs> Light versus darkness. We need to give glory to God and make Jesus our Savior. If you don't, you're going, when you die, you're going to go to hell. You understand that? If you don't make Jesus your Lord and Savior, when you die, you'll go to hell. And I'm going to heaven, and I don't want you to be in hell and me be in heaven. I started to say in finally, because that's, but I'm not quite finally yet. There's something missing in our churches. Now, I love, I love this church. I don't have anything against this church. I love Pastor Josh. I love Pastor Steve. I, 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 preached, for, I preached for 40-some years, and I pastored for 35. I'm like the cow chain that lived his whole life in the barn. I, I've been drugged through it all. I know what it's like.
But churches everywhere are powerless. They meet and they have a nice service and then they go home or they go to the Walmart and then they go to the home. Boy, I'm really plugging the Walmart today. Now, over where I live, most people don't know the difference between COVID-19, your 401k, and your A1c. Let me tell you at least one thing that COVID-19 reveals. means that you've been inconvenienced. We live in a give me more world and we just want more wine. We're tired of the bad stuff. We want the good stuff. You see, it's customary to get the customary to get the good stuff first, get you drunk, and then give you the watered down grape juice or whatever it was they were drinking. We don't want to be inconvenienced. If this country doesn't turn around, and if it's not turned around by the churches, by the people of God, if it's not turned around by the people of God, it will not turn around. And we will never turn it around without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We need a fresh... Now, we just need a filling of the Holy Spirit. Some people have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there is an experience with the Holy Spirit that is, that is needed by every one of us if you're going to do anything in your Christian life with power. He'll give you the good stuff. Hope you all notice I'm passing over some things here. Now, Ephesians 2, 11 or 12, says that for by grace you're saved through faith. I want to submit to you that your grace is what makes it possible to be saved by faith. Now, you may say, well, that's, that's academic. What difference does it make? God's grace is what gives you the choice to make a choice. Otherwise, he'd just step on us like a bug. God's grace gives us a chance to choose life or to choose death. And the Bible says to choose life. Some translations say because of grace. When Jesus came walking, follow me. Jesus came walking on the water to his disciples on the boat, and they said, "Lord, do you not care that we perish?" What was he walking on? On the water. That's right. Walking on grace. He was walking on grace. He was bringing them grace. The grace of God that made the saving power of Jesus for those that were in the boat. Thank you. I'm glad you asked that. What about the Old Testament? And the earth was flooded with water. It was flooded with grace because up until then all they had was they didn't have, they didn't have a choice. All they had was the law. All they had was Moses or Noah. All they had was do this or do that or don't do this and don't do that. And they'd already lost the ability to don't do that because they already did that. But when the earth was covered with water, he covered it with grace. It's been covered with grace ever since. Folks, 
whatever you're going through, listen, it, it, it's not, it's not, <clears throat> there's an old wives' tale that says it's the darkest just before the dawn. That ain't true. Or let me say that's not the problem. Your problem is not that it's the darkest just before the dawn. Now look at me right here. Don't you remember this? <clears throat> the important thing is to remember that just before dawn, the problem is it's been dark the longest just before dawn. It's not the intensity of the darkness, it's the longevity thereof that grinds you down. It's not the first drink that you take, it's the one after that, and 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 the one after that. It's not the first look that you take, it's the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. It's not the first slap, ladies, that you get, that you go to your room and you cry and, and, and you, you feel destroyed. You can get over that, but when you're slapped and you're beaten and you're maligned every day, year after year after year after year, it's not the intensity, it's the longevity, and eventually you will run out. Little girl down on her knees saying, Lord, I lay me down to sleep. Lord, bless us with a happy home. And please, oh, please, God, make Daddy leave me alone. Because the way he kisses me goodnight, she knows that something just ain't right. Does she ask for things to be okay? Or does she ask for God to give me wings that I might fly away? For her, it's hard to know which way to pray. She made it through those troubled years, but she's not through with pain and tears. Because now it seems the man that she chose has a side that nobody knows. Her makeup hides the telltale scars, but now the wounds inside her heart. Does she ask the Lord for strength to stay, or does she ask to help her get away. She just don't know how to pray. And T. Graham Brown sings his song, I Cry, on this last verse. Love T. Graham Brown, because I can understand him. I love T. Graham Brown because he loves the Lord. I love, I love T. Graham Brown because he sings Bill Anderson's songs, and I can understand the words to them. But this last verse. The preacher called and said, Come home. I'm afraid your daddy's almost gone. It, hate in your heart's no way to live. There comes a time when you've got to forgive. And suddenly, suddenly she was ten years old. She fought the tears and searched her soul and should she ask the Lord to ease his pain or ask for devils to take him away? Sometimes it's hard to know which way to pray. And the bridge I cut short because life seems never black and white. Seems like there's so many shades of gray Sometimes, sometimes, go to the piano, please. Sometimes I just don't know which way to pray. Are you tired of what you've been doing? 
Tired of the life you've been living? Tired of the way you've been living? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Thank you. Maybe some little something you need to change. I don't know what you need to do, but I bet you do. I'll tell you this. What I had to do. I had to tell my wife I was sorry this morning, and I had to do it in front of you. What I had to do. Tammy begins to play. Will you stand to your feet? I know most of you don't know all of you. But as best I know how, I can say I love you and I just invite you to come. The altar's open if it's something you need to, you need to bring whatever it is in your life that you need to get rid of and or change come and lay it down if you want to speak to me I'll be here for a moment and I'll be out in the lobby after the service but I'm going to tell you folks we've run out every preacher that preaches knows you run out of ideas you run out of sermons you run out of this you run out of trying. Will you make Jesus the Lord of your life today? Will you ask Him to forgive you of your sin? Will you step out publicly and do that? It takes a big man to do that. I was grown and married before I did. We'll just wait a minute. tired of running out. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your confidence. Thank you for your love. There's one more thing that I feel like I need to I need to say, and I know it's about 11:30, but uh, I'm gonna say this from the bottom of my heart. I, I am retired. I'm tired, and I'm retired. I still love to preach every once in a while. And, and a lot of you all call me Pastor Tom, and I, I appreciate that. And for the last two years, you all have given me money at Pastor Appreciation. It's coming up in October. You don't need to do that this year. You don't need to give me money as a pastor. I, I, I don't do any more than what a lot of you all do. If you've got an extra $100 in the church budget, give it to the pastors. Give it to somebody, that, give it to somebody else that needs it. Give it to some ministry. But just know that Martha and I are proud to be here and to be counted among you and call this our home. We'll probably be here when you hear that we've died. Now, I don't want to sound morbid, but that's reality. And one day that's where you'll be. And the question is, where will you be the next day? So Josh is going to dismiss you in a moment right now. I'm going to give the benediction. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? 
Father in heaven, I thank you for every man, woman, and child, every person, every family, every home represented here today. I thank you for all that we've experienced and all that we've known, all that we've been privileged to be a part of. Thank you for the love that binds our hearts together and makes us one. God, dismiss us safely. May we go our way safely. May we come again at your appointed time. And, oh God, may we represent you wherever we go. But we ask it in Jesus' name and everybody said...